to the Sister Sista podcast. I started this podcast as a guide for the young woman coming into her own and for the woman who is still trying to figure it out. I'm your host, Trudy, a stay-at-home mom who's building a community for women to uplift each other and to feel connected by similar life experiences. We're talking about lifestyle, health, relationships, current events, and so much more. So get comfy and listen in. Hi, welcome to the Sister Sister podcast. My name is Trudy. I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you guys are joining us today. Today, I'll be talking with Krista from Mind Care Mama on Instagram. She is a blogger for mindcaremama.com. So welcome, Krista. How are you doing today? Hi, Trudy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, do- I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good too. I'm, I'm doing good today. It was a good day. So I'm happy about that. I'm Excellent. happy about that. I'm happy to be here. Perfect. So I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to be having, um, talking about um, your Instagram, Mind Care Mama, what that's about, um, support systems for mothers for postpartum, and some advice that you'd have for mothers. So let's dive right into these this discussion because it's going to be a heavy one. So the first question that I have for you is just tell me about how you came up with Mind Care Mama. Awesome. Love that question. So um, around the time my son turned um, about six months old, um, I was really interested in documenting our progress with starting solids and baby led weaning. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen a lot, other, a lot of other accounts pop up on social media trying um, a 100 foods before one sort of motivational challenge. Um, and that was started by baby led wean team. Okay. And I did end up creating that account and documenting our feeding journey. Um, and RJ did try 100 foods before one. It was a lot, a lot of work nice. and effort. But, but we've really seen the benefit in setting sort of that strong foundation of fostering his own healthy relationship with food, his interest in food and trying food is, is awesome. Um, but at the time I, I wasn't working outside of the home. Of course, every parent is working. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we had surpassed our goal of 100 foods, I really started thinking more about um, getting back into career mode. Mm-hmm. So I had actually closed down my small business shortly before um, my son RJ was born. Mm-hmm. Um, once the pandemic started, um, I used to have a successful dog boarding business run out of my out of my home. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since my experiences with infertility struggles, fertility treatments, which were not successful, um, and new motherhood during a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I had really been thinking about setting new professional goals um, oriented towards helping others and just making a meaningful impact um, on others' well being in some way, mm-hmm. with a special focus on perinatal mental health, mm-hmm. um, definitely motivated by my own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I decided decided to start researching counseling psychology um, and specifically psychotherapy as a career. Mm-hmm. And I changed our uh, feeding <laughs> documentary account um, and content all over to sort of a documenting of my personal motherhood journey, 
um, my experiences with mental health struggles and birth trauma specifically. Mm. Um, so Mind Care Mama is a space that I hope can um, provide awareness, um, education, support, mm -hmm. and just connection for other new or prospective parents. Um, it, it's really just me sharing my honest, <laughs> imperfect, not always mindful motherhood, mm -hmm. um, and, and hopefully some helpful resources uh, along the way. Awesome, awesome. It's a great page, and there are definitely a lot of resources on there and uh, a lot of information that you provide and very relatable like a lot of the stuff that like on your stories on the day-to-day -day, i'm just like we talk <laughs> probably daily through dms and it's someone just else gets it someone yeah else. i just totally <laughs> connect and and get what you're going through on a daily basis dealing with the toddler and then totally. dealing with you know mentally what we go through as mothers in this situation that the whole world is going through so totally. <laughs> leading into my next question how are you balancing um, like mother life, mother motherhood and kind of taking care and finding time for yourself? Whew. So um, <laughs> some precursors, uh, it, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, some days it feels a lot harder than others. Let's just um, <laughs> acknowledge those two immediate truths for everyone. We're, we're all in a global pandemic still dragging on. Yeah. Um, I find that the freezer has been quite a lifesaver, um, you know, from pregnancy right through to now, um, having my mother-in-law or, or my mother prepare meals that we can freeze and reheat later, or even just buying frozen items like lasagna, shepherd's pie, curries, yep. stews, soups, like, like a whole meal type of thing, um, or making extra cooking on Sundays when we're both not working. Yeah. Um, that's a must for us. So it's, you know, it's just not feasible to <laughs> prepare fresh made meals every single day. Yeah. Um, so the freezer is, is a must have, and we really utilize that. Mm -hmm. um, I've also really had to get a lot better and do a lot of work. It's, it's ongoing. Um, at asking my husband to take on more or mm -hmm. to help out with more tasks and just mm -hmm. just get better at communicating and talking it out with him rather than sort of just retroactively snapping and feeling yep. really irritable. <laughs> yeah, the resentment, the resentment can totally relate to that. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and just really practicing um, verbalizing what I really need um, when I'm feeling totally overwhelmed, um, trying to break it down, you know, into little small tasks that I can actually just verbalize and put into words um, when I'm really in need of a little break. And it's like I said, like it's, it's practice and it's ongoing, but mm -hmm. for the most part, he's been fantastic. Um, and, and he's also overwhelmed and needs a break sometimes himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So acknowledging our humanness together has been helpful. Um, and we're really working on acknowledging the work that each other puts in, um, still a work in progress very much. Um, parenthood definitely gave our relationship quite a big shock. Mm -hmm. Um, it introduced a lot of adjustments, um, that I, you know, hadn't expected beforehand. Um, 
but more open communication, mm-hmm. um, like proactively before kind of blowing up um, <laughs> has been really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and then I find that with practice, I have been able to lower my standards and lower them again mm-hmm. um, from there. And except that I really can't tackle a to-do list like I could pre-parenthood. Um, learning and practicing giving myself some grace obviously isn't always easy, but I'm trying to practice that and really internalize that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not a measure of failure as a parent or success as a parent, how many tasks I get done or how tidy things are or how many things are still incomplete on the list. Yeah, And just understand that just showing up every day is the real important, impactful stuff. That's what yeah. really makes each of us a terrific, phenomenal, amazing, good parent. Yeah. Showing up every day for our kids and trying and we keep on showing up and we love them. I try to remind myself that that's the job I am completing every day. And it's a huge one. Wow. That's, that's, that last part was amazing. Um, that's the job that you're completing every day. Like that, that is it. It's true. That's it in parenthood. We can't, especially being a new mom and then being in this situation, um, (laughs) dealing with, with, uh, being a new parent and with your partner and communicating and, you know, they have their life, their work, mentally what they're going through then we have our lives and and our work or you know whatever else that we're doing and then we have our child and then we both have to come together and take care of our child so it's a lot going on um (laughs) it's a lot on us mentally and sometimes we don't talk about that as as women and sometimes even for men and our partners we sometimes forget um the strain that it can have on them and I know that um I made a comment to my husband once and he was like, you know, you put a lot of pressure on me. And mm. it kind of took me, I was kind of taken aback and I was like, I'm sorry. Cause I didn't realize that I was doing like what I feel on a daily basis, the pressure that I have as a mom, I said, I'm kind of reflecting that on you and expecting you to have like this pressure as being a, a father and being a husband and being a provider. And I, probably put too much pressure on you Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like I need to mentally I needed to check myself and say am I doing what I don't want to do to myself am I doing that to my partner so yeah we had to yeah yeah we had to kind of level um and have that open complete open and honest communication and it's a continuous thing that we have to I've had probably so many just meltdowns and breakdowns. And it was like, if I don't communicate with this person, it's it's really going to put a strain on this relationship and be like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't do yeah. this anymore. And that's not what it is. I just need to sit down and then we need to communicate if it's in the morning, if it's before bed, having, you know, that pillow talk, just talking with you. Like before this child was here, we had a good functional relationship. So yeah. we need to get yeah. back to that part. And this child is here. We need to work as a functional team and as, as a functional unit. So beautiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough. <laughs> it's really, really tough. It's really, really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ongoing, I, ongoing development on, on, yeah. both, on, on both, both partners. Yeah. yeah. And from yeah. talking with other moms, a lot of stuff that I'm 
seeing and thus being repeated is just giving yourself and kind of just giving other people and our partners, giving everybody some grace from what yep. we're going through physically, mentally, just the, the, the burden, the load of everything, just giving everybody grace. You know, if something's not done, instead of blowing up, just being like, okay, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just the comparison, the comparison trap somehow just, we all do it. I, I still do it. Um, and I know how damaging it can be and just added pressure, right? Like you're, you're seeing somebody else isn't for, for my case, if my husband is not at home with the child, but he is out of the house working, I'm like, oh, you're on, like, enjoy your vacation. Like, right. <laughs> obviously that's not what's really happening. How was your day and off? Did you grab a coffee thing. kind when, of thing? Yeah. When he doesn't see me in the house with Remy and he's there, with the blocks getting thrown all over the floor and doing the stickers in the same, <laughs> the same shape sorter toy for the 50 millionth time. Oh yeah. It, it feels like the other person is like having a, a nice jolly old break, but mm -hmm. it's just, it's just about talking about it. And, and we had a good laugh about it a couple of times because our views like on that are, are so similar and you just don't realize that the other person is, <laughs> feeling quite the same yeah no, no, we we both agree that we don't enjoy playing make-believe and entertaining our son all day long it's exhausting and and mm -hmm. we don't totally enjoy it yeah yeah <laughs> and so realizing that we both feel that way was was nice and refreshing and just kind of gave another little connection right yeah it's definitely having those moments that uh, can kind of bring you back together and realize, oh, we're on the same page about this. So yeah, that's nice absolutely. to have that. Um, okay, so here's here's a big one. We're going to break this down into two. So tell me um, what support systems you've used um, during postpartum and what else do you think is is needed? Awesome. Love this. Love this. Very important. Um, so... So for me, so I am very open um, about my postpartum experiences. Um, I've been documenting my journey with my own mental health struggles on my Instagram and personal blog, as we talked about um, near the beginning. Um, so I also have a, a very recent um, clinical diagnosis of PTSD, and that's related to birth trauma. Mm -hmm. um, right now I'm currently taking medication, um, as well as seeking therapy to address my symptoms of PTSD and accessing this support was not an easy journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually didn't even reach out for help until my son was 10 months old. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been struggling with my mood since pregnancy, maybe even a little bit before, but really started suffering um, with my daily functioning, um, being severely impaired. So I'm talking about like not sleeping, um, poor diet, low to no enjoyment, um, recurring nightmares, uh, ruminating thoughts, flashbacks, avoidance, irritability, intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, all those kind of things started really after my traumatic birthing experience. And mm -hmm severe, um, isolation postpartum, mm -hmm. um, 
and without disclosing too much about the actual birth story, which I yeah. still haven't personally been able to do publicly, yeah. um, I waited way longer than I should have or than I needed to to ask for help because of things like stigma or feeling like a failure, feeling ashamed, feeling like um, it wasn't urgent or mm-hmm. severe enough to warrant medical attention from doctors who were already so burned out from the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, so there were a lot of excuses that I had in my mind. Um, but then when I did reach out to my family doctor, I was dismissed with a comment, something like, and I've recently posted about this too, Um, the first doctor's comment was something like yep that's just new motherhood welcome to the club yeah like just trying to sweep it under the rug as as something normal that every parent goes through and it discouraged me from asking for help again immediately yeah Um, so really from social media and learning about and seeing other people going through very similar um, struggles although obviously everyone's journey is unique Um, and learning about postpartum support international which does incredible work Um, I felt encouraged to and also with support from my husband um, I felt encouraged to make my own mental health a priority Um, it's almost as if as moms again it's like the comparison trap and the stigma Um, you know it's like saying it's hard is like a sign of failure or like moms and parents aren't society makes it like we're not allowed to be human beings mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know we're not supposed to say it's hard we're not supposed to talk about about the negative things mm-hmm. um and with all of that support from the social media and from my husband because again we were also isolated and on lockdowns um i sort of felt like i had that permission to make my mental health a priority um so I, I tried again with a new family doctor who, again, was was dismissive in, a, in sort of a different way, but just really didn't take it seriously, didn't really take any concrete action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually went through three family doctors. I changed wow. my family doctor twice. Um, but the third one took it really seriously. She sent out a couple of referrals right then and sort of stayed on the phone with me talking about um, treatment options and just just sort of instilling a little bit of hope and I hadn't gotten that previously yeah um, and that was one of the referrals which was the most helpful was a psychiatrist um, for us in Ontario that is OHIP covered um, and they are specialized they can diagnose obviously they can prescribe medications and and send out other referrals so that was a super valuable resource Um, it was, it was a six month wait because I think there's, I think there's often probably a wait list for, for psych specialists, but in the pandemic, like everything else, it's been um, a lot, even a little bit more. Yeah. That's impacted too. Um, and the other referral she sent was a support group, um, out of I think that one was St. Michael's Hospital which is where I delivered and for me personally sorry no I delivered there too oh did you I think we've we've talked about that before that's so cool my husband actually was born there too crazy (laughs) 
Um, that support group for me didn't prove helpful, but the psychiatrist, like I mentioned, was for me just exactly what I needed. Um, and again, it's just like instilling hope. Like it was such a sense of hopelessness before and like it didn't, wasn't worthy of attention. It wasn't urgent, it, you know, mm -hmm. in some way I was excusing it away um, in my mind, partly because of the situation we were in with the pandemic, but also again, just things like stigma and, and shame and chalking it up to like a mark of failure, which are, which are not true irrational thoughts mm -hmm. um, and excuses, but with with support and help, um, I was able to make it a priority. And, and for me, those are, those are what's really helped the psychiatrist, um, the follow-up with this family doctor, the therapy and, and the medication for me mm -hmm. are, are addressing um, my concerns. That's great, that's great. <laughs> um, so what else do you think is, is kind of missing for sure. So this is super important. Um, I think there is such a hole, um, such a gap in in the the follow up care um, for all areas of perinatal mental health. So even for preconception, for infertility issues, for from pregnancy through to postpartum, um, I think that moms and birthing people and parents really get um, ignored um, largely. And for me personally, um, typical support systems like your usual social circle and reliable helping hand, you know, contacts with your loved ones that was all removed during the time mm -hmm. that, um, that I actually gave birth and, and brought our son home. So for me, I wasn't able to rely on that extra caregiver, those extra hands mm -hmm. actually helping around the house or coming over to watch the baby while I showered or napped. It was just myself and my husband um, mm -hmm. and our newborn going through lockdowns and shutdowns together, navigating this huge new life role, unable yeah. to leave the house or socialize. Um, and I know that so many new parents or experienced parents have talked about how isolating parenthood can be even during normal times because mm -hmm. it's really just you handling all those overnight feeds and all the every minute demands oh, yeah. um, so the pandemic definitely added another enormous layer of distress and difficulty in terms of accessing supports and resources um, but I know that so much more support is needed and the current system is sorely lacking um, in the care and attention and follow-up that postpartum people and their partners need and deserve. Mm -hmm. um, one six-week postpartum checkup, which during the pandemic might not even be happening at all, mm -hmm. or, or only virtually or by phone, um, is not sufficient. And according to very important research and work that's done by the Canadian Perina Perinatal Mental Health Collaborative, um, you can find them at cpmhc.ca. Um, according to their research, perinatal mood um, and anxiety disorders are the number one medical complication during pregnancy and postpartum. Mm -hmm. And 95.8% um, of Canadian healthcare providers that they've recently surveyed 
reported that the current perinatal mental health services in Canada are insufficient. Mm -hmm. And 87% of providers reported that they do not have mandated screening for perinatal mental illness. Like I mentioned, I was never screened. I was never talked to about about risk factors or symptoms or or assessed. Mm -hmm. Um, So that includes um, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, PTSD, OCD, bipolar, and even rarer but still relevant is postpartum psychosis. Mm-hmm. Um, 57.3% of providers reported that they do not have specialized training in perinatal mental illness and rates of postpartum mood and anxiety disorders to no one's surprise have increased during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we also know that BIPOC, black people, indigenous people, people of color, people with disabilities, and people from the LGBTQ plus populations um, all experience higher rates of perinatal mental illness. And these populations also face additional barriers to accessing Mm -hmm. services and treatment, um, such as language, cost, cultural barriers. Um, And we know that stigma can be a huge barrier and even even choosing to reach out for help, sort of like I mentioned in my own journey. So this extremely important national committee, CPMHC, um, is working towards lobbying the federal government in Canada to implement a national strategy for perinatal mental health. Mm -hmm. So that would include um, universal screening and timely access to treatment. And it's such an important strategy that is sorely needed and we need to keep working to raise awareness and educate about this huge gap in healthcare, training, funding, and policy. Um, And you can write your MPs um, because taking care of birthing people's mental health and that of their partners needs to be prioritized just as it is for for a newborn. Um, So many people suffer in silence and go undiagnosed and untreated Um, and postpartum mood and anxiety disorders are treatable Mm -hmm. and with competent qualified help there, there is so much hope for those who are struggling. Um, you know, their partners, their infants and society as a whole can benefit so much. Mm -hmm. Um, CPMHC is, is an excellent, um, committee and, and doing very important, sorely needed work. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So there's definitely some stuff that is needed really right. needed desperately needed um for mm-hmm. mothers for their partners um and hopefully it will be on the on the way I'm definitely going to put some of that information in the uh the show notes so that if anyone Absolutely. wants to write their MP they can do so and hopefully some bills will be passed um because needs to be addressed we don't know how long this situation is going to last um even without mm-hmm you know, the isolation or, you know, COVID and everything, there still needs to be, you know, that support system more than just like family and friends, you know, we need to have, if it's counselors, if it's, you know, medication, we need to have that available to moms who are, if they're stay at home, if they're, you know, single parents, if it's, it's a lot of stuff, stuff, it's a lot of, you know, of a mental strain, physical strain, you know, women are trying to heal or we're trying to heal after, you know, giving birth, if it's C-section, if there's 
trauma, right. there's, there's so many aspects to it. And, you know, right. you weren't maybe in that deliver, delivery room, you might not know, but, you know, being, having delivered a child, I, I can say that I understand now and aspects of my delivery weren't the greatest, but I kind of just went with it. And I know that before, like going into, you know, seeing my OB, I did a bit of research on, you know, wanting to make sure that I advocate for myself because I'm a black woman and not all the time we get the greatest um, service when it comes to like medical. So I made sure that, okay, I have to advocate for myself. I have to know what I want, but not everyone is going to know that or, you yeah, know, absolutely. or have that support system around them. So having that information and it shouldn't have to be that I have to research and make sure that I stand up for myself. It should be a given right. that you are shown that dignity and respect from a healthcare professional, um, especially because if you're, you know, giving birth and you want to make sure that the development of your child is, is going well and is progressing and that, you know, you're going to be okay during your pregnancy and during labor and during postpartum. Because right, as mothers, right. we were thinking exactly. of all the terrible things that can happen during labor, but um, we're not always thinking about like ourselves mentally, what's going on, like chemically in our body. It's it's a lot of uh, a lot of hormones, a lot of thoughts, a lot of everything. And until you kind of <laughs> go through that process, um, you it's it's hard to understand. It's hard to grasp um, the feelings of like loneliness, the feelings of despair, the feelings of like it's never going to end uh, if it's, you know, yes, crying baby yes. for five minutes and you have not slept, you have not slept. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot to go through and, um, having, Absolutely. having people, um, not just around you, but having a support system, a medical support system would be nice. I mean, when you go to our prenatal for our kids, for their follow-ups, the amount of attention and support that they get is like yes. great wow yes. they give you a band-aid after you know you got your vaccines but <laughs> mom yes. here is looking all disheveled yeah. and trying to keep it together at the appointments and you know sometimes yeah. when you appear to have it together they're like oh you're doing great and you're just like I'm dying inside right now um yeah, like, absolutely. I, I need I need some I need some help but um I hope that those services will will be available and um there will be more information available and more people will become aware of, of of this what that's what's going on with like mothers and birthing people yeah um so what advice would you give to first-time moms or to young mothers I know it's a big question it's a broad question but you can kind of run with it on your perspective um so what advice um you matter and you deserve support. Um, you are so important and valuable and you're not alone in finding parenthood difficult, um, in finding it unenjoyable at times or feeling overwhelmed and desperate for a break. Um, I think that a huge gap exists in, as we just mentioned, um, the mental health aspect of care and the follow-up care for postpartum people. Um, so that's why I, I really greatly appreciate the work of organizations like the CPMHC, like uh, Postpartum Support International. Um, and I myself will continue speaking out and raising awareness about these very important issues. 
Um, and it's why I'm pursuing a counseling career, um, specializing in perinatal mental health and trauma. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love the idea of preparing sort of a postpartum preparedness list, a care list um, for you, focusing on you, um, not on the newborn. We know we have all those lists of what to pack in your hospital bag and the the 20 most items that you need oh, for yeah. your newborn and all of those lists, but um, the must-haves for you are obviously so important. And, you know, it's about, again, like giving yourself permission because it's not the societal norm to remember that parents are human beings, yeah. um, but just remembering and having permission to prioritize your own care. Um, and again, that's something that healthcare providers could do a lot better at um, <laughs> at communicating and and discussing, mm -hmm. um, prioritizing your own care and your well-being, and recognize your needs and and prepare to the extent that you can beforehand. Um, I think doing some research before baby comes, what you were talking about yourself. Um, having to do and and sort of taking some time to really think about what I what I wish I would have prepared mm -hmm. um I abbreviated abbreviated as meds um so M-E-D-S so it's your movement your eating your directory which is of all the support resources mm -hmm. and your self-care mm -hmm. that's um, a really good one <laughs> so I think that trying to create um, like a, a preparedness plan for yourself postpartum can be really beneficial in recognizing that need to continue prioritizing yourself. Um, obviously, you cannot prepare for everything, mm -hmm. um, but just sort of knowing that there is some help available um, and that you've thought about these things and these basic needs can hopefully help to ease some distress postpartum mm -hmm. and hopefully help to ease um, that sense of hopelessness. Um, maybe you'll feel a bit less like you were thrown to the wolves without any knowledge about oh, yeah. how to care for yourself while caring for a brand new human and physically recovering. Yep. Um, so on my blog, there will be a free, a free download um, coming very soon. It's not, it's not live yet. Um, that'll be up on my blog, mindcaremama.com, where you can find the template to make your own postpartum meds plan. Um, and you can enlist a friend, a loved one, a partner to help you in researching resources. And I do have a list of some local um, Ontario, but also some international support resources on my blog because a lot of things are virtual now um, mm -hmm. under the resources tab. Amazing. Um, Postpartum Support International is an incredible resource with a huge variety of online support groups um, of other people that are that have had experiences similar similar to yours. Mm -hmm. um, they also have a great practitioner directory. You can search by province. Um, many hospitals also have postpartum psychiatric resources or, or programs as well, such as um, St. Michael's, as I mentioned, and the Women's College Hospital also has one, I think, mm -hmm. virtually. Um, and Psychology Today also has, um, psychologytoday.com also has an easy to use 
uh, search option for mental health clinicians um, providing therapy. Um, I think psychiatrists as well. And there you can search by specialty, you can search by city, by postal code. Um, so, so there are there are a few avenues um, where you can search and, and sort of fill out your directory if, if you find that you need it so that it's not sort of a scramble. And then I didn't know that, yeah. that this would happen and where do I look and where do I go? And, and you, um, you, it's having hard, your like, partner or someone help you help you do that research if you're yeah. feeling overwhelmed yourself is, is a good idea. So yeah. not even just professional resources, but your directory can be also like, who can you, what friend can you call to, to bring over freezer meals or yeah. who can you text when you're up at 2am doing a, doing a feeding, um, childcare help, all, all those kinds of things. If you, if you kind of think about it beforehand, maybe it takes away some of the overwhelm. <laughs> oh, definitely. Cause we don't, like I didn't, the research that I did sort of prepared me, but until you're in it, and then you feel no, like that's it. you're completely over your head and you're like, okay, well, I prepared the meals. Okay. That's, that's good. I, <laughs> I did that. I probably should have prepared more, but it was like, it really is the mental aspect. And, um, there wasn't the, there wasn't the resources. Like I had to, yes, yes. I it isn't of, just freely given. It isn't just freely communicated. The, no. the providers that I dealt with even given my history yeah I'm just I'm just shocked that I that more wasn't um communicated because mm -hmm. more can be done it's just it's just um there's a whole there's a big gap there definitely <laughs> is it's just okay baby blues are is that's normal and then if you feel worse after then like yeah. give us if a it, call or talk to us it doesn't a dissipate help. at all if it's really affecting like I kind of pointed out, if it's really affecting your relationships and your your functioning, your day to day, just functioning, um, you're sleeping, you're eating, just getting through a day, then then it's definitely there's more that can be done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but and if you're struggling, like everyone deserves space to have that taken seriously. Exactly, sure. exactly. Yeah. It's it should be pointed out that yes, it's postpartum, but it's regardless, it's mental health and right. everyone deserves to have a good quality of living, especially like mentally. So that needs to be, it needs to be put in the same spectrum, a part of like mental health and those issues and, and those concerns. And also even more so because we're dealing with, you know, we just had a baby and a newborn and taking care of, you know, a, a child and trying to take <laughs> care of ourselves and our hormones so there's a lot more going on, you know, the woman's the female body is a lot of stuff going on after giving birth and emotionally and all that stuff. So um, it should be a priority. It should be a priority and we need to make sure that we take care of ourselves. Of ourselves. Ooh, absolutely. I'm nodding furiously in agreement. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot that goes, that goes on. Um, and we need to definitely, as I said, make sure that we, we take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Okay, so for a bonus question, um, what are you currently implementing in your life right now to prepare for the future? Oh, that's a fun question. Mm -hmm. um, 
so pursuing my master's degree was a huge change. Um, and it's been a big challenge juggling the coursework with childcare and motherhood. Um, but it's a decision I'm really proud of and really sure about. Um, and I think anytime we can do some sort of forward planning and forward thinking and revisit those career goals and again, communicate about that with our partners, if applicable. Um, I think it's something that's important to do continually. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly recognize that pursuing my master's is a huge privilege also. Um, and I'm grateful to be able to go after that future career goal. Um, it definitely takes some planning and scheduling to, mm -hmm. to balance the workload like, like anything. Um, and finding time to complete the work, but um, it's it's something I'm really excited about and, and really sure about. Mm -hmm. um, and then for me as a prospective therapist, I'm also a firm believer in the importance and healing potential of therapy. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes in combination with, with other things and other supports. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I actually see it as an act of self-care as, as part of my self-care routine um, that can allow me to keep showing up as a mentally and emotionally healthy parent. Um, and stress can definitely impact our physical well-being too. So implementing some kind of stress relief routine into your self-care is also a hugely important practice um, for me right now, but also mm -hmm. in the future. Um, I like the Headspace app for coaching me through, um, there's lots of calming breathing exercises mm -hmm. or calming narrated stories to fall asleep to or soothing music. Um, there are several apps available for promoting calm um, or stress relief. Um, and some do have a paid subscription like Headspace does, mm -hmm. uh, but they also have several free options if you're just kind of looking around and checking it out, sort of testing. Um, and then another piece of advice I really appreciate and like to share is that um, you alone are, are the sole decision maker on what is or is not a part of your self-care routine. Um, some people try to tell moms that a shower is not self-care, but in in those difficult, most difficult seasons, you you just can't decide for someone what is or is not self-care to them. Exactly. It's, it's completely personal, and no one else can tell you what what it is or isn't or can't be. Mm -hmm. Um. And then paying attention to my sleep habits, which are terrible at the moment, but being, being addressed with medication, um, my nutrition and trying to get some movement every day, those are all really important pieces to try to address and think about um, to feel at my best. And also just remembering that um, no one can manage this parenting thing without support. Um, and that needing support is is human and it's universal and it's certainly in no way a sign of failure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's and all I think great that's points. It. And I, I've recently posted about that too and got a lot of feedback and comments that it's people feeling, um, again, it's like the permission um, 
to normalize needing support. Like no mm -hmm. one, everyone needs support. No one can do it alone. Mm -hmm. No one was ever meant to do it alone. Definitely whatever not. kind of support that is or whatever combination of support that is, it's it's human and it's universal. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, as a, in childhood, it's like, it's okay to ask for help. And then somehow we kind of lose that as we get older, that it's like, no, like we should know all, we can do all and um, yes. please be that like narrative so of independent. Doing all and, the things is so, needs to be canceled forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, because we, yeah. we need that help. We need that help. It's like, yeah. I picture it as, you know, um, going grocery shopping and coming home with a car full of groceries. And we're just like, I can, I can do this all in one trip. And then our hands are going to be cramping and trying to make it up the stairs and we trip and we fall and something might fall and break. And we're just like, why did I, why didn't I just ask for help? Oh, totally. And in the Canadian winters, it's like the one trip, like the, yeah, totally relatable. Right. So that's how, that's how I picture, you know, kind of going through life. If we were to go up, you know, a ton of a flight of stairs with a ton of a bag of bags of groceries. It's, oh my gosh. it's not a good plan. It's not a good, uh, <laughs> it's not a good idea. So we need to ask for help and, you know, take off some of that, that burden and that load on ourselves. And it makes it a lot easier. No one's saying that, you know, we're telling someone to live our life for us and do everything for us. We just need a little bit of help. And depending on the season, it could be, you know, a little bit more, a little bit less, but exactly. we do exactly. need help going through it because people, yeah people go through, we, we go through life, we go through ups and downs. And sometimes I think people forget that, that we have, we have our, we have our life, we have our everyday, we have, you know, other relationships in our life, you know, people are born, people pass away, and it's a lot of burden on us mentally. And we have to give ourselves grace, give ourselves time to go through these events that happen to us in life, because they're not always all pleasant. They're not Yes. some of them are very beautiful and and some of them aren't so we have to give yeah. ourselves time to work through those events that we deal with in life or else we tend to carry them with us and then it's hard for us to deal with the coming events and then we yes. kind of relate back to them and you know as you said we're, we're only human um yes. but the, the complexity of how we we're kind of going through and dealing with situations um we need to give everybody grace and give everybody time. And if we need to seek help, then we need to go out and get that help. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. To make it just a little bit easier. It's not meant for this life. Isn't meant to be so, so, so hard. If we can make it a little bit easier on ourselves, why not do that? If, it's, if we can do it for someone else, you know, give them that resources. Why, mm -hmm. you know, keep all these resources mm -hmm. to ourselves or, you know, if we know something, share with another person, share with another mom, share with another another woman, whoever it is, share the resources that we have. Um, Cause we never know what someone else is going through. They may not tell us the full story because they may be ashamed or going through right. a difficult time in their life. So, you know, share the information with uh, with people you know, or somebody you don't know. So yeah, you lots to take said. away. Exactly, yeah. A lot to take away. So Krista, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the Sister Sister podcast. I'm going to have all the resources linked in the show notes with your blog and your Instagram because it is a great resource as well. Um, and again, just thank you so much for being open and honest and sharing so much with us today. I really appreciate your time.
Awesome. I'm so happy to share. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun okay. and important. Yes. <laughs> yes. And very important. All right. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or a family member. Also, don't forget to leave us a review. You can find me on Instagram at True Mommy and Me, where I share my daily life being a mom, wife, sister, and a friend. If you're interested in sharing your story and being a guest, please contact me via email, which you can find in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.